You are listening to episode number six of the Mind Body Academy podcast with Sarah Rose. This isn't an NBA. This is the NBA. This is the place for you to get coached and make health and happiness the business of how you get ahead in life. You get coached. Coached. This is the startup of you. You get coached. And now, your coach, Sarah Rose. What is up, my friends? Welcome back to the podcast. It's a good day to have a good day because it's the first day of the new year. Is it just me? Or it feels like there was a blip in the time-space continuum because 2019 passed by so fast. So fast. But it also feels like it was one of those years where cosmic-sized events took place. 2019 was like the Big Bang for me. So much happened, and so much was created out of seemingly nothing and everything at the same time. For one thing, this is the year that I founded the Mind Body Academy, and all these arcs that have been running through my life over the past five years of my coaching career intersected into that single point of cohesion and unification and gloriousness. It wasn't at all a traditional trajectory that got me here. You know, I left university in 2014, and I left behind my studies in psychology and behavioral neuroscience when this gem of a book called The Art of Nonconformity passed through my hands. Most people would never guess this about me. Basically, the author, Chris Gilbo, put forward this alternative model for education called the one-year self-directed graduate school experience. And I'd always been the academic type, really high grades, honors, all that mambo-jumbo. But I latched onto the idea. It spoke to the part of myself that had been sitting there in some of my classes that were being half-mumbled by some disgruntled professor and that had been wondering whether reading a handful of books on the topic being taught would have been a more worthwhile investment of my time. It spoke to that part of me that was made to take classes that I didn't want to take because there weren't enough seats in some of the classes I actually did want to be taking. It spoke to the part of me that looked around my classes, psychology classes, right, and saw so many miserable faces. I looked this up and you know that approximately 1,100 college students commit suicide each year. And roughly 12% of college students report the occurrence of suicidal ideation during their four years in school, with 2.6% reporting persistent suicidal ideation. That to me is tragic, and it's madness. What we're led to believe is that failure is bad, and that it should be avoided at all costs, even if that means cheating, lying, being dishonest with our own selves, and barely getting a wink of sleep or a minute in at the gym. And that the cost of failing will be to amount to being a failure and not getting to where we want to be in life. But that's the exact opposite of the truth. Let me just remind you that those stats were for college students, but then how many of us then go on completely unprepared to cope with failure when we leave? 
academic institutions. And I think that's something important to talk about when all you goal-getters are getting ready to launch into new projects and think about all the exciting results that you want to create for yourself this year. Knowing how to fail forward is how we get ahead in life. When you show up for your life like it's a class, you live and you learn. So that's what I went on to do with this alternative self-directed graduate school experience. I designed my own curriculum of 100 books. I registered for some online courses and coding, marketing, that kind of thing. Not recognized by any university, of course. And I set out to accumulate direct experiences of what I was learning by actively applying everything that I was reading about, learning about through videos, online courses, and then applied that as well to coaching, which I started doing at the end of that first year. I became a huge proponent of L apostrophe earning, learning, (laughs) which is this idea of learning as you're earning. And that's something I'll probably do a whole episode about at some point. But anyway, one year became two years and then five, and then I never looked back. The Mind Body Academy was born out of a love of learning and an alternative model for education. My vision of education is to enlarge our understanding of success to include health and happiness. So many of us are waiting to experience those things on the other side of a result. But here's the thing. I want you to scan through your body right now and just notice how you feel in this moment. You might close your eyes and just sweep through your body with your awareness. Noticing any obvious areas of tightness, of tension, and also Resting the attention in those places where it is especially easy to relax. Sensing the jaw, the shoulders, the chest, the front and back of the heart, the belly. Just noticing the quality of the experience, both the pleasant and the unpleasant. What word would you use to describe your emotional state right now? Maybe there's some underlying stress or anxiety, a sense of the body tensing and holding. However you're feeling in this moment is exactly how it would feel to be the person who has achieved the goal you want to achieve, to be the person in the slimmer body, to be the person with a bigger number in the bank account, to be the person who launched their own business. The reason that this is true is that we don't feel our body, our bank balance, or our business. We feel our thoughts taking form. While having a slimmer waistline, more money, or a new job may introduce new thoughts, it won't make any of the old thoughts go away. Happiness and health aren't the outcomes of successful results. They are the process by which we go on to achieve success sustainably and dependably. That's what the MBA is all about. It's about bridging that achievement gap between all that we know, all that we've learned, and the results we want to create for ourselves. And that gap in our education has everything to do with being taught very little about how to manage our health and how to manage our minds. 
That's why you can be the smartest, most athletic, most recognized, or most accomplished by all appearances and still experience that void that puts what you want to do and experience out of reach. So today, I want to give you a formula for you to continue to advance yourself and bring those results close in so that they start to feel not only achievable, but inevitable. We're going to be talking about how to evaluate your results so you can keep taking massive action towards the goals you set for yourself. Right now, the oxygen we're breathing is pretty much being pumped with excitement. You can breathe it and feel it suspended right there in the air. But eventually, it's going to fizzle out like a balloon that gets the air sucked out of it and pinballs at great velocity across the room. Eventually, that excitement of the new year or of setting a new goal is going to become another feeling. And we're going to experience that first dip in motivation. A lot of people attribute their lack of action follow-through to a lack of motivation. That's why it's such a key skill to learn how to keep taking action in spite of negative emotion. When there's doubt, when there's fear, when there's frustration, all of that. We can't expect to stabilize in one single feeling and for that to carry us through. It doesn't work that way. When you expect to be able to force yourself to do what you said when you don't feel like it, you'll just burn up all that force of will, all that willpower that we have in limited reserves. So do you have a contingency plan in place to get you to where you want to be when you don't feel like it and when you don't know which next step to take or to focus on? The process for going in and evaluating results is going to clear all of that right up. It's the reason I believe my clients who go through my weight loss program with me are so successful. And I want you to have that same opportunity too. It's something I also do personally once a week, at least when I'm reviewing my week or anytime I feel stuck, discouraged, overwhelmed, or confused. I learned this process from one of my teachers, Stacy Beeman. So I just want to give her a nod because this exercise changed my business and it changed my life. She says that evaluations are like the roadmap to all the actions you need to take so you can see how valuable this exercise is. Just think of how often you've wanted something so bad and you've told yourself that you have no idea what you need to do to actually go and get it. Evaluating is how you make it all 100% figure outable. When we start taking action, what happens very often is our focus is all over the place. We try to do it all at once so we can make things happen faster. And then it all becomes one giant clusterfuck. <laughs> Evaluating will give you a strategy so that you can cultivate what Stacy calls intentional focus. So you don't end up with all that frenetic energy of feeling like you have to do it all at once. You'll never not know what to do. When you evaluate, you'll know exactly why you don't have the result you want already. It will allow you to see clearly what's asking for your attention right now. Think of evaluating as a flotation device. It helps you stay above the mind drama of feeling like you're either only succeeding or only failing. 
it gives us what we call in French a vue d'ensemble, which is like a view of the whole. It's a much more nuanced and complete perspective. And that should give you a sense of why it's so important to be going in and evaluating your results. Okay, so here we go. How do we evaluate our results? You're going to be asking yourself three questions. What worked? What didn't? And what are you going to do differently? The first thing that you're going to want to do is figure out what's working well. You're most likely going to have to override your brain's desire to start by what's not working in order to do this. And there's a very good reason to do so. First of all, the brain has a negativity bias that kind of scribbles over all of the pretty picture we have of ourselves and the world. It's a protective mechanism because it's meant to make us hypervigilant about potential threats. But if we don't train ourselves to program it properly, it often backfires against us because it leaves us with a mistaken impression that nothing we're doing is working or that there's something wrong with us. That's what leads people to have the experience of being their own worst enemy. Yeah, no. Battling yourself constantly is not an effective strategy for the achievement of your goals. Training your attention to notice what's working creates some calming down. It soothes the nervous system so we don't go straight to catastrophizing. When we're freaking out, do you think it's easy to be our most rational and logical self? No. It's really hard to think clearly when we do that. So take a chill pill, Calamity Jane, and focus on what you've got going for you so that you can keep doing it. When we're just focused on what's not working well, it feels horrible. And who wants to keep going if it feels horrible all the time? It's way too easy to quit on ourselves to try and escape feeling horrible. And since on top of that, we're then developing an antagonistic relationship with ourselves, it's easy to let down the enemy and then beat into ourselves. If you quit on yourself and you go for the short-term emotional relief, you make yourself less resilient to life stressors. You end up experiencing more stagnation by resisting the discomfort of growth. So start where it feels good. Start with what's working. Don't discount what's going right. Don't overlook your successes. Start celebrating them so that they can fuel you forward instead of spin you out. The next thing you're going to do is ask yourself what's not working well. This is where you embrace the suck. You identify the stumbling blocks. You acknowledge them. And I usually feel like a little jolt of excitement when I can recognize what's not working because then I'm able to convert that stumbling block into a building block. And so the very things that trip you up are also what you can use to build yourself up. You want to make sure that you are detailed and specific. For example, I had this one client tell me, eating fast food makes me feel good, so eating healthy isn't working for me. And so I said, okay, tell me more about that. What about that isn't working for you? And she said, well, I want to stop. So I asked her, why do you want to stop? And then she said, well, I guess I feel bad after. 
So then I said, let me ask you, how long do the good feelings last when you eat fast food? Her answer, a couple of minutes. And how long do the bad feelings last? Hours. So if you were to take the situation and get more specific, you might say something like, I'm using food to feel good and avoid feeling bad. You can get even more specific and identify what situation triggered the impulse to eat to feel good and what the emotion was that you were unwilling to feel that you instead resorted to eating instead of feeling. Notice if you go into self-blame or blame here, that will not serve you. You want to stay out of the mind drama and remain factual. What did you say you were going to do and why didn't you do it? How did you show up? You just want to acknowledge the kind of thinking, feelings, and actions that aren't serving you. It's easier to capture that on paper when you take the time to write it down. Because if you're trying to figure all this stuff out in your head, it just clouds out all of your logic. Lastly, you're going to ask yourself, what will I do differently? You're going to take what's working and then you're going to convert all of those obstacles that you identified into an action plan. You can do this process for your weight loss, for your time, your productivity, your business. This process of evaluation works for everything. You can see how this creates so much less failure, right? If you're cultivating awareness about what's working and what's not working, and you're converting that into wisdom, you're going to be taking so much more educated action. This will always leave you with knowing what your areas of work are. It's so helpful to start thinking of your process for achieving your goals in terms of what's working well, what isn't working, and what you'll do differently instead of in terms of successes and failures. I can't tell you how many people I've worked with who had some underlying belief that what they were doing to move themselves forward towards their goal wasn't going to matter because they hadn't achieved their goal yet. So they made that mean that they were failing. That kind of thinking is going to create a lot of self-sabotage if you don't learn to reel it in and start looking at the facts of what you're doing and not doing more objectively. I'll make a PDF available in the show notes so that you have a worksheet to work off of. I have a client who printed out and spiralized 50 pages of these into a workbook, and I thought that was genius. (laughs) So I want to offer that suggestion to you here because it's so important that you evaluate and that you do it often. Every time you don't evaluate your results, you are costing yourself time. You are pushing that goalpost or that finish line further and further away. So don't delay, but also don't be in a hurry. Trust the process will get you there. I really want to emphasize that. There was a woman whose young child got a cancer diagnosis and her personal mantra became, I have no time to rush. I often remind myself of that. When we're in a hurry, we give up too fast. We act like our life is an emergency and then we panic. Your life is not an emergency. You can breathe. Remember that many of us set goals in order to get to a better feeling place. 
but you can start to feel good where you are now. There's nowhere you have to be. Set goals not just to feel better, but to be better than your thinking will have you believe you are. And you can be anyone and anywhere you want to be in your life once you set yourself free and step outside the boundaries of fear thinking. You can become better, not in the achievement of your goals, but in their relentless pursuit. You can evaluate so you can keep taking action no matter what comes up that you have to face, no matter how much time it takes, no matter if you even get there. Set big goals, not just to fit into a skinnier pair of jeans or cash a bigger paycheck, but for the privilege of becoming the kind of person who overcame the adversity and the challenges required of doing those things. Creating our lives exactly as we want them to be is easier when our well-being is not on the line. We waste so much less time worrying in our heads and trying to escape our lives when we become present to all the different possibilities and opportunities that we have before us. All it takes is shifting our attention back to how we want to show up differently in this present moment, becoming really intentional about how we show up moment to moment. Poet Rumi asks, why do you stay in prison when the door is so wide open? So don't let your fear of failure peg you to the ground like a captive elephant. You are bigger than whatever you think is holding you back. Now get out there and do big things. Stay amazing. I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for being an awesome listener of the Mind Body Academy podcast. If you're ready to redefine success to include health and happiness and live into a body, you capital L-O-V-E, then you need to join me and think yourself slim. It's my one-on-one coaching program where you'll get the coaching you need to become a weight loss success story. Step into the vision that you have for your life over at mindbody.academy. Let's start a transformation today.